0: Thanks everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Decision Hour. I'm Adam, and normally with me was Patty, but she is uh, off today, so uh, I'm flying solo. You get to hear me today, and I'm super stoked about today's guest. Um, I'm gonna, and I'm gonna jump right into it. Uh, Our guest today, very special guest. I consider her one of our nation's heroes. Uh, She is is an amazing gal. She's an intel officer. She's been deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan. She was awarded a Bronze Star. Um, She's also an award-winning author for her book, The Frontline Generation, How We Served Post-9-11. She is the um, recipient of the 2019 10 Outstanding Young Americans Awards. Also the creator of the 2019 bicycle collector's item the post 911 deck of 52 so without further ado please help me welcome Marjorie K Eastman Marjorie how you doing
1: you forgot that I make a mean lasagna. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I And she makes. And she, she ships that too,
0: folks. She's taking whiskey. orders this week. So.
1: I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Thank you. Those I, I appreciate the kind introduction. And I always, I always chuckle when I and I hear someone you know talk about my past as an intelligence officer, and then in the same breath, and she just wrote a book. It's like. That is the last thing an intelligence officer should do. Or anyone <laughs> of intelligence, right a <laughs> <back>, right.
0: Intelligence, <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Thinking, yeah, oh, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna get like, that uh-oh. and see just how much intel is in that one, right? That was, there. We go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So maybe out of the gate, I should start there. Um, and you know, my. <laughs> my book um it was i am an accidental author all the way accidental author um my book is for my son and it was to share the stories of the men and women i served with so it could shape the man that he becomes one day um and so that you know my the book is the story of our post 9 11 generation of people who find that front line and they find a way to step up they find a way to help and, and own their sphere of influence and make a difference. And so it's about service and character and leadership. Um, it's about our tribe.
0: I love it. Absolutely love it. Now. So, okay. And that book came out when, when did you start, uh, you know, um, uh putting that together? Was that oh. something that you put together and kind of like journaled throughout your military career? Or was this just something like you sat down last minute and was just kind of like, you know, I'm going to put this together and this is for my son. How did that start?
1: Yeah, well, so I, I kept journals on my two deployments um, for Operation Iraqi Freedom in 03, OIF-1, and then um, Operation Enduring Freedom Afghanistan from 09 to 2010. So I kept journals every night, and it was really just a way of— Um, you know, kind of emptying my brain at the end of the night. It was a release. um, And I needed that more so on the second deployment rather than the first. The first I was enlisted. I was so I mean, I had been in the army for about a day. And I just didn't know people I didn't know and I was like one of like four or five females on a base of like 2,000 men that was four deployed, you know? <laughs> so it was so, I felt so isolated. So having that journal was a great way to kind of just write things out, sort things out and put it in, and put it away. Um, and then I had it to, you know, really reflect on it really. That first journal became a smart book for me because it really helped me understand how I wanted to be as a soldier and what I wanted to do with my the rest of my time in the military. And so it was my smart book on leadership and all those things that I mentioned. Um, and then the second one, by the second tour, I, I um, you know, risen through the ranks and I was a commander by that point. Um, and I received my commission. I was in the intelligence uh, field and it was so much about the story of the day, um, you know, because leadership's lonely. You can't right. um, have the same conversations and relationships when you're in certain positions. Um, And so um, my husband was very savvy to this and he gave me that journal right before I deployed and he knew that we wouldn't be able to talk because he's my my mentor, my advisor, my best friend. He's amazing. He also has, wow, his career is knockout, 20 years in the military. He was also former enlisted, was a ranger, jumped into Afghanistan. And um, went on to fly Apaches and then retired out of the 160th as as a little bird pilot. So I had quite (laughs) the amazing, you know, best friend and advisor um, for my military career. But that second deployment was the journal um, that uh, most of those were writing to Charles, my husband, and telling him the story of the day or um, just, you know, what you go through as a commander.
0: That's really cool. Now, you you moved – I want to jump back because you said you started off as enlisted, got a direct commission. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, That's correct. And and you moved you moved up in the rank fairly quickly from the direct commission up in, into a commander. That wasn't long that you were in the military that, that that happened, right?
1: Well, you know, I my mom she's so funny when I call her, and she just she knows how I am by this point, right? And she's like, "All right, Marjorie." what's you up to these days? You staying out of trouble, you know, <laughs> staying out of trouble or making trouble, you know? And so, you know, she also knows I have my dad's mouth on me and I, I speak up and I speak out and um, I, I've just never been that person that raised my hand. <laughs> so I work on that every day. Um, But, um, but yeah, I just, you know, I just kind of, went went down the road and charted my path. And I'm so, so fortunate and blessed that I've had the people along the way that have helped shape me into being a better version of myself.
0: I love it. I love it. So that's your military career. Let's kind of fast forward uh, a, a little bit. You talked about a little bit about your military career. You have the book, and I see on here that you're also a keynote speaker. First off folks, let me let me back up Marjorie real quick if I can. Those of you that are listening to this right now means you're already online, okay? You can get her book. you can listen to her book. I believe there's audio version of it too. Um, go to her website, Marjorie K. Eastman. That's all one word. Marjorie K Eastman.com. Okay, so follow along. If you're listening to this, open up another browser as you're listening to this and go to MarjorieKEastman.com. Okay, so Marjorie, um, you're a keynote speaker, uh, you're a contributing writer, uh, and this year you were um, a recipient of the, the, the 2019 10 Outstanding Young Americans Award.
1: Yeah,
0: that's a mouthful, right? <laughs> it is. But I'm I'm seeing like some of the yeah, honorees this. on this are like the honorees of 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 past for this award are, are people such as like John F. Kennedy, Chuck Yeager, you know Elvis Presley. I mean, I mean, it's quite a list.
1: I know. Nixon and quail. And I mean, <laughs> it is just wild. I, when I, when I re- you know, learned that I received that um, honor and that recognition, I was, um, well, yeah, speechless. <laughs> so, but you know, it's, we, we never get where we are alone. Um, and I just, I am just so grateful for everyone that has shaped my path, you know, and I think a lar- a large part in, you know why I was recognized for the Toya uh, Award is is the the writing and the, the the projects that I've been doing since I left the military, which I never ever would have thought um, would have been my path. That's for sure. Because again, accidental author—that's my starting point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, let's let's talk more about it. You know, you said you get recognized for the things that you're doing after the military let's talk it let's go down some of those once you named to our listeners some of those things that you're that you're doing because there's a big one that we're definitely going to talk about um today that happened this year as well um yeah so go ahead
1: well you know when i you know when you kind of if you are on uh, you know that page and you're looking through my background um when i joined the military it was right after nine eleven and because of nine eleven, it was just you know very simple for me to say hey No one does that to our country. I need to be part of this generation's story and I need to do something and step up. I need to find a way to serve. So, my best fit, I looked at everything Peace Corps and Teach for America, and I mean, you name it. And I just kept coming back around to the military. Um, At the time, I was applying to grad school, and so my recruiter was, you know, so so terrific i loved my career my recruiter i ended up sending him a thank you card from basic training which he said he never received <laughs> i don't know why i can't imagine i can't
0: imagine why they don't so.
1: <laughs> and all the time they're right so, you know front leaning rest <laughs> position <No. laughs> oh my goodness but um but yeah i just um yeah, you know, it, the military was my fit. And so I joined the Army Reserve um, because I, like I said, I had those applications out and, the, and, the, and my recruiter was terrific in advising me and saying, hey, you can, you know, volunteer for activations, or You can have this flexibility to go to grad school and be in the reserves. And it just fit everything for where I was. And so of my 10 years on the books in the Army Reserve, I think I was activated nearly half of those and Jeez. to include those two combat deployments. Um, so, you know, it was just such a, Uh, a really interesting time to spend like 22 to 32, you know, because it was, you know, those are the formative years that you're kind of shaping your path in so many ways. And, and what I thought then was, you know, that was when you would say, you know, who do I want to be? How am I going to make a difference? How my life's going to count? I thought those were like those questions that you're especially asking in your twenties. Well, you know, spoiler alert. We ask those questions throughout our lives. We really do. We we are constantly, I think, thinking about, you know, what is what is our why? What's our purpose? And I mean, we, we're not just here to breathe and, 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 you know, steal oxygen, you know, we are here to 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 make a difference. Right. We all have a purpose.
0: I, I I love that, and you and you're right. I'm, it's something that we hit on so hard here at, at the Decision Hour, and with uh, our parent network, Home uh, Heroes Media Group, is you know what? Find your why, but but more importantly, have a purpose. And uh, and yes. and I love that that you state that. Um,
1: so current projects. That yes. was your question. Yep. Current current. So current so. projects. Yes. Yeah, so um, so you've probably heard a little bit about the book. Um, I hope you check it out. Um, like I said, um, or maybe you mentioned this, there is an audible version if you're a commuter or if you just like that format. Um, but it was just an incredible experience of capturing those stories. And the reason why I published it, uh, well, let me back up. The reason why I wrote the book again was absolutely for my, my beautiful son. My little boy today is seven years old Aww. and my little boy He also has um, has the amazing miracle of being able to say, he's seven years old and he's cancer free because when he was six months old, he was diagnosed with cancer. And my whole world just stopped. It was my uh, major crucible. I mean, mean, there's there's a special kind of hell for when you go through uh, situations like that in life. And I was there and my husband, we were right there going through that with our little baby. And, um, you know, I, I started the story with the good news today. He is seven and he's cancer free. Um, but I was really writing those stories down because I had to remind myself I was strong and I wanted to write the stories about the man I hoped he would be because I was convincing myself he was going to be a man. He was going to make it. And thank God, (laughs) praise God. He is doing really, really well today. And he's been six years cancer free. So uh, we are so blessed. I had all of those stories on my, my computer. I was literally just going to print it off when it was age appropriate, give it to him. But I started having experiences and people and nudging that people knew I was writing, um, you know, cause I told close friends and families, you know, they were checking in on me, say, how are you dealing with this Marjorie? Are you okay? Um, and I, and I shared, yeah, these are things I'm doing. Of course I'm, you know, continue to exercise, clear my mind. I'll, continue to keep my faith strong and keep, keep on, keep on with, you know, church and God and all that. And, and I'm going to write, you know, because I didn't realize that the writing was very, you know, so much of therapy for me um, to just, you know, write those stories and just to feel like I, I, I had some part in helping it get along the way of, you know, making it so that my son would be okay. Cause I was going to write about him as a man. Um, and so, you know, when I had shared with people that I was writing, I had enough nudges and people that said, Marjorie, I would love to read those stories. I would love to know that it, that mission you just you had talked about, about you guys when you went to the orphanage or that one where you guys, you know, where we drove over the IED and it didn't go off, you know, or, you know, the different experiences that you and your soldiers and people you served with went through because, this is the truth of it. Our country really doesn't know our generation of service members. Right. Um, and so it was It was an effort to really help tell more of our story and help shape our narrative in a more accurate, loving way. Because a lot of the narrative is like extreme hero. You're obviously special forces sniper dude, right? <laughs> or you're broken. <laughs>
0: right, and, and that's and an there's ex- such harmful. an extreme from one end to the uh, to the other. You know, there's like, well, what's in the middle?
1: Right, right. You know, and you know, for me on my part, it was funny because I I had been out of the military for a couple of years, and I just kept getting asked whenever I would have military paraphernalia or my 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 Jeep at the time had a bronze star license plate. Um, I get so many. Oh, is your husband in the military? Oh. You know, and it was this constant, constant. It was just ridiculous. And I'm like, God bless the people not realize women serve in the military and what we've been doing. Right. You know, post 9/11, especially because the way that women were serving post 9/11 in the Middle East was was truly changing the tide of of having be, you know women there on mission and being able to speak with women um, in the Middle East through our interpreters and our, through our interrogations. It was a game changer. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was definitely a sign. And so for that project, it was, that kind of grew after the book came out, I did a lot of contributing writing. And then I started writing a, a weekly blog, because uh, I wanted to keep talking about our community, and t- and sharing more of who we are, that we're a positive force in our economy and our culture. And so, I was writing a business column and pulled you know on on some of my background in business and my education in business to talk about our community in that way and so i did a weekly column in 2018 um, highlighting uh businesses and charities that were started by veterans or their family members after 9 11. and it was a really fun project it was all it was all online it was it was an online column and the eye-catching visual was to put that company or charity's logo on a playing card. And that was absolutely a spin off from the 03 Iraqi deck. Huh.
0: Go on. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> you and I know about the 03 Iraqi deck.
0: I think we do. Yes, we do. <laughs>
1: So I was young and enlisted at the time, of uh, oif one, and uh, literally um, received a soft copy. One of my sergeants, was like you know, hey, put you know, print these out, put rubber bands around them, get these out to people that are moving forward tomorrow night. Blah blah blah. And so that was you know, I was, yeah, I was looking at this and I had no idea, you know, because think about those first deployments in for Iraq. I mean. This was way before Facebook or LinkedIn oh, or yeah. smartphones. Yeah. I mean, we didn't even ha- we didn't have any connectivity back home when we were at those early, early months and early years, right? right?
0: No, like and I remember so, March Fe- you know from February, March, April time frame. I mean even comms were were right okay at best, <laughs> you know,
1: yeah, exactly. So you know what what everyone knows about and and if you know about the two thousand and three Iraqi Most Wanted deck, it was just brilliant and it was what we've been doing for generations in the military if you go back to world war ii um they would put silhouettes of aircraft on playing cards so that during soldiers sailors air, and marines during their downtime they would they would be you know kind of learning and, and memorizing you know these outlines of aircraft so that when they were on mission and they needed to identify an aircraft that it was there right right and so it's a, it's a way to teach, inform, um, and bring awareness. And so that was what um, just an uh, outstanding group of intelligence professionals came up with as an idea of how are we going to find our high value targets when we go into Iraq? Because. It's kind of like, you know, hey, everybody looks like each other, you know, like how do we identify people, you know, when you are exposed to a new culture, right. you know, people, I mean, it's people laugh about that, but it's like, it's ah, and then you can't even, you know, ask your average person to say the name, you know, like right. there was this funny, funny spoof on Comedy Central with, uh, <laughs> I think it was Colbert that was trying to say one of the names, you know, and it's like, you know, it's like he's trying to say it and it's like, blah you know yeah. <laughs> so this terrific team of intelligence professionals said hey we can't expect for our you know our operators to memorize this list of 50-ish people their names their faces when they sit down at the you know classified you know system and then go out on a mission and you know remember them so let's give them a deck of cards right, right? right. and so that's what it's all about it was a high value list of the bad guys And, you know, the flip and the the flip of where we are today in 2019 and bringing awareness to the military community and these awesome organizations that our community has founded, it's showing it's a deck of good guys. It's, you know, the 52 in the deck are representative of all the service branches. You have ranks across the board, um, all walks of life. And it's just really a fun way to learn about the community and just be inspired.
0: It's it's a positive. I think it's a huge uplifting positive. And when these when these cards came out, and I recognized, I mean, I know you and I both know a lot of people in this deck. Um, and obviously, you because you put it together. But when the deck first came out, I was like, oh my god, like like I I know a lot of these people, and it was such a a cool thing to see. It, you know and it, it because there's enough negativity in the world and i and i really think that this is a, a kind of a positive uh thing for for the veteran community uh to see and i hope everyone um gets it now this this is a there there it's a collector's item which means it's, it's like a limited edition they're only they're only making these for a certain amount of time is that correct
1: That's right. They are going to stop printing these bicycle collectibles. And I I guess I should share that part of the story. So it was just a business column. And then in December of last year, I was on the phone with the CEO of U.S. Playing Cards, uh, historic U.S. Playing Cards, 1885 or 65. They've been around forever. Largest manufacturer and distributor of uh, playing cards in the world iconic american brand as we know bicycle and hoyle and all these amazing playing cards right yeah and uh, when i talked to the ceo amazing human being his name is mike and he you know I tell him about the project and i said hey can i just get some of these decks printed out because i want to give them to the to the companies and charities i featured as a hey attaboy way to go keep going here i'm really proud of you and just you know give them that kind of you know nudge of you know, saying great job. And he's like, well, I can't do that because they can't print their logos without trademark approval and all the legal paperwork. But he said, Marjorie, that's not enough. He goes, this is really something special. This is collectible. And so I'd like to to tell you like, hey, let's make this a bicycle collectible next year. And I'm like, oh, oh yes. Wow. I'm like, wow, what does that mean? You know? <laughs> um, and so what that means is, It is part of the history book. So the last time there was anything deemed like a bicycle collectible that was military-related was the 03 Iraqi Most Wanted. Golly. Um, And then before that, it was, I mean, throughout history, you had, you know, bicycle and and U.S. playing cards as partnered and been supportive and and been locked arm-in-arm with the military doing these decks of cards for every generation. And so this is a post-9-11 bicycle collectible generation and it's bringing awareness to to what our community is capable of and how we are like again that positive force in our economy and our culture um so it's there's out of the 52 there's 30 businesses there's 22 charities um and they're not just charities of like hey veterans help veterans these are charities like you know that are only helping veterans like uh warrior project which is the jack of clubs or um, the ace of hearts is team red white and blue it also has charities on here like global vision 2020 um, which is started by an awesome marine named kevin um, and i'm looking for his card he's the eight of diamonds and he is putting eyeglasses on you know little kids and people all around the world, um, and helping them see. I mean, he's just amazing. He has an amazing mission. Um, and Marine started this awesome international charity. Um, so it is it is a really interesting way to see our community. And so for veterans, you know, if you're a veteran or part of the military community, as a family member or a supporter. It, for you it's affirmation like this is who you are you're collectible you're legendary you're part of history you are a frontline leader keep going and oh by the way this deck will be a great resource of cool businesses and charities yeah. um, if you're not part of the military community this is a terrific way to get to know the community and be part of us so you're going to learn you know these awesome charities hey go pick out three of them and volunteer or donate or get involved And you're, by way, an extension of getting involved in part of what frontline leaders are and what we do. Um, And so, and and then support the businesses. You know, people say Buy America all the time. You know, awesome. Yeah, I mean, check out these veteran-owned businesses. Um, And the, the businesses started by family members. They're pretty amazing.
0: Now, where can people get this deck?
1: Uh, You can get the deck on Amazon, like everything else in the world, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can also get it on bicyclecards.com. If you buy it on bicyclecards.com, a portion of the proceeds are going to be donated to the 22 charities in the deck. So that feels really good. So people um, make your decision.
0: (laughs) Well, Margie, we're coming up on time and I want to ask you one last question. It's yeah. a question that we uh, we ask everybody, all of our guests that come on the show. Uh, the show is called The Decision Hour. And what we'd like to ask you is name a time in your life where your feet were on the line and you had to make that decision. Now, you've given quite a few examples, and we make decisions every day. But where uh, name a time in your life where your feet are on the line and you had to make that decision. What was it? And it could be anything, whether you're getting married, joining the military, getting out of the military, you know what have you. Um What was that decision? And can you explain what the atmosphere was like for you at that time?
1: Oh my goodness. Um, That's a great question because it's so much about what my book and the naming of my book, The Frontline Generation, the front line is not a place. It's us. It's people, right? Um, And also the front line is a decision point. It's when you need to make a decision and step up to something and, and be part of the solution. Um, So I could grab, you know, seven dozens of examples from the book, but I want to get real here. I mean, the most important decisions we make are about people in our lives. Um, And I got to tell you, I think the most important decision you can make is the person that you say, hey, I'm I'm hitching my my wagon and we're going to be partners here. Uh, So my best decision was when my husband said, would you marry me? And I said, yes. And it was, um, at his parents' house in Maine, it was snowing, it was Christmas Eve. So you can kind of get the setting. Um, and, and, you know, by that point in time, I knew Charles for about six months, but I knew enough to know like, wow, this, this guy is different than everyone else I've ever met. And he's amazing. So, um, So that's what I would say, you know, you've got to, you know, in my head, I was thinking I'm in my mid twenties and not supposed to get married yet. I have like all these things I have to do, you know, (laughs) but you've got to trust decisions are so much about the head and the heart in agreement, um, or, or pushing on each other. Um, you've got to, you know, really just be mindful and aware of that. And I knew that this was it. So that would be the decision I would say.
0: I freaking love it. Margie, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us and let us hear your story and your decision hour.
1: Oh, thank you. My pleasure.
0: (laughs) Folks, if you're listening to this again, open up another browser, go check out Margie's, all of her uh, check out the books, uh, the, the deck of, uh, 52, uh, listen to the audiobook. go to her website, Margie We'll have all the social media stuff up, uh, as well, where you can reach out to her, follow her, uh, get, again, these cards are only available till the end of this year. Um, so get them. They make great stocking stuffers and the holidays are right around the corner. Margie, again, thank you so much, uh, for joining us today. Um, Before we let you all go, we want to make sure that we give a huge shout-out to our parent network, Heroes Media Group. Go check out all the great shows and things that they they got coming up here now that the holiday season is right around us. They're going to be busy traveling quite a bit, so if uh, you're in the area, go say hi to those folks that are out on the road for uh, Heroes Media Group. Go to www.heroesmediagroup.com. That's all the time I have today, folks. Until next time, you've been listening to The Decision Hour.